Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Super Mike Machine. And I am Shenya Hashimoto. Welcome to episode 97, G1 Climax 1993. Some of it. That's the tagline. Some of it. Some of it. Here and there. Ellipses. As much as we could possibly find. Yeah. So the G1 Climax was again a 16-man single elimination tournament held between August 3rd and August 7th. Oh, that's so short. 1993. <laughs> this version would include several wrestlers from War, which is a promotion that we talked about uh, on the uh, January 4th show that we covered, mm-hmm. and pro wrestling Fujiwara Gumi. Normally... We would tell you to go find these matches out on Daily Motion or New Japan World. Yeah, they're not even on New Japan World. Only they the final. Only the final is on New Japan World. But the last time I checked, there was a crackdown on stuff just a few weeks ago. So I'm not sure if any of these matches are still there. There might be one or two, but I don't know. So we went and found some old TV footage. You know, found some on the internet. Essentially, Matt gave me a USB drive that had a ISO like disc rip of VHS tapes. Yes, that yes. were like cut in Japan. So it's like it's basically people, Japanese, you get parts of Japanese television, television, yeah, that kind of thing. So what we're mostly getting is finishing stretches of matches, but we basically wanted to cover it anyway, kind of give because we love. Japanese wrestling. We love New Japan pro wrestling. We love the G1. We love the G1. We love a lot of these guys that we're, that we're about to talk about. We like, we've watched them before, and we look forward to seeing them as we continue to cover the show. They are important, important men in the history of wrestling. And uh, if we're out here talking about mom, monsters, 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 men on a mission. mission, men on a mission, monsters <laughs> of mayhem, I think was the Tommy Lee band. Then, like, how can you not sit here and just talk about Chono and Hashimoto and Hase and, like, Muda as much as possible? Exactly. I mean, this is my... Is this my second G1? Yes, you were here last... Yeah. I feel like you've been here for most of the Japanese wrestling coverage. I'm I'm getting to where I can recognize them now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After only just a couple matches, I, I can point out Chono. I can point out... The main guys. Yes. Yeah, like Hase, Hashimoto, Muto. Yeah. That was a big one for me because, you know, I only ever knew Muto growing up, so... Yeah, I'm going to get your KG on. But since we are in Japan for this show... Oh, we are. Shane probably flew across, halfway across the world mm-hmm. to get us something delicious. I did. Yeah, we got uh, Postmates via rickshaw. Yes. Once again, we take this culinary journey around the globe... Landing in Japan, 
Unfortunately, I was unable to uh, book a flight because I'm a broke ass in America. They wouldn't let you in anyway. Yeah, I'm like, Americans can't fly Shucks. anywhere and nobody wants us to go there anyways. I don't think that most people are getting anywhere at this yeah. point. So I went local to uh, another one of our uh, wonderful restaurants here in Oklahoma City. This time, uh, a place called Musashi. It's a sister restaurant of the uh, place I got the Yellowtail special uh, for Monday Night Raw last week. This time, I figured we'd uh, we'd bring it home a little bit. The three of us, we all have a current career in the uh, culinary world of burgers. And it's not your typical fast food. We are uh, representing Oklahoma City's elite burger restaurants. All elite, if you will. <laughs> the uh, The... <laughs> Uh, A-E-B. A-E-B. <laughs> that dudes of discourse and boys of the bun. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I like it. And so I went to Masashi's and took away with some of their uh, Wagyu sliders. Wagyu is the Japanese style beef and it is very flavorful and delicious. We've got it on a nice little, uh, what did you say this bun was here? Uh, just a little, tiny little Kaiser slider roll. They're little, slide, little beef sliders. Yeah, a little Kaiser Cobra slider. Mm-hmm. Or Wagyu slider, I almost said, yeah. Yeah, I said Kaiser, Kaiser slider 98. Yes, with a little wasabi mayo. You have the option to add a uh, fried quail egg or some jalapenos. I'm kind of wishing I would have added the jalapeno. Just for a little extra texture, I'm needing like a pickled vegetable or something. Yeah, there, but a little. Um, what do boring people say? Basic. So um, yes, yeah, no, not bad, not bad. It's your typical, it's very straightforward. Little slider, little sauce, nice soft bun. Mm-hmm. There's some charbroiled, so you got that going on. Yeah. There's some flecks of garlic on here. It looks like some black sesame. A little bit. So, I mean, flavor-wise, you can taste the the wasabi mayo. It just it needs that extra punch of crunch of like a, a pickled onion or a pickled something. A pickled onion. A pick, yeah. Really good. But Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'll try them again. While they're taking down those sliders, something that happened right around the same time as the G1 Climax, UB40 red, red wine. would be in the midst of a seven week run at number one with their single red. Can't Help Falling in Love. Oh, what's the chorus on this one? Oh, yeah, great, great song. I always, whenever I think UB40, I immediately think Red Red Wine. But this song, I feel like, is legitimately just as popular. But for some reason, uh, I think the Red Red Wine chorus is like quicker to the punch. So Mm. it's a a bit more of an earworm. But I don't think it's the better song. No. In like hindsight, because I was like, what is this? Why can't I? I know it, but I don't know it. But you get the Fools Rush In, yeah, starring Elvis Matthew Perry. Presley. Yeah, good stuff. And who knows who wrote it? Because Elvis Presley didn't write any of his songs. <laughs> Colonel I'm been, Like Parker. I said, I've been watching uh, Ken Burns' Country, and you learn a lot about how important songwriting is and the person actually performing the song, whether they wrote it or not, and how big of a difference that makes yes you know absolutely like in a modern an easy modern uh one would be bruce springsteen writing it blinded was... by the light and then manfred man band making it a bigger song even though he did record it for a second album or even more relatable for most people probably is the song hurt by nine inch nails and then johnny cash 
turning it into basically what is known I as always, a canon Johnny Crash song. I always song. think of Neil Diamond writing I Am a Believer, but the oh. monkeys turned it into a, a hit. Mega yeah. Hit. Or uh, another one, Crazy, for Fallen, Patsy Klein, written by Willie, a young, young, very young Willie Nelson. Yep. yep. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't matter. Blue by yeah. Diane Rimes was also written by mm. Willie Nelson for Patsy Klein. Just because you're. Just, you can be a great songwriter and not a great performer. Well, I had to do the uh, the lookup for this one. It was written by Hugo Peretti, Luigi Creatori, and George David Weiss. Originally recorded by Elvis in uh, 1961 for the Blue Hawaii. Oh, album. nice. All right. So yeah, this is like after like he really hit because he hits in like I guess I guess I don't know. Jailhouse Rock. And yeah. That hound dog. Yeah, yeah. But Blue Suede Shoes, like, he kind of... We're not talking about Elvis here, but you that UB40 song is great, and UB40 being a British band doing, like, a more pop-friendly, like, reggae, whereas, like, that, like, reggae... I think that's the thing about Reggae it, and, and was... like, traditional ska is really important to, like, British alternative music, uh, The Clash, and just, like, immigrants there, and it... It, it was a thing, it, and it had been a thing for a long time, but they really, UB40 turned it into a pop song, pop production. It doesn't sound like The Clash, even though The Clash were doing reggae the majority of their career in in different ways. It definitely doesn't sound like this. Like I'm trying to remember. Much better. Sliver, that's what it was from. Okay, like I knew it was for a movie in the 90s, and yeah, Sliver with Sharon Stone. That was one of the, the main songs from the soundtrack. Well, I need me. I need uh, my UB40 greatest hits. Maybe that's my Friday listening. Just two songs over and over again. No, no, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna hit the greatest hits at least. But enough of UB40. We've got G193. That's right. That's right. So, just kind of an overall general statement. The last time we saw most of these guys was at Super Show Three, unless I mention it otherwise. Yeah. That kind of thing. So don't get it twisted. So our first match, Hiromishi Fuyuki versus Takayuki Izuka in a first round matchup. Now Fuyuki was a wrestler for war at the time, but over his career wrestled in all of the major Japanese promotions. And G1, they want the, they want the best. And Izuka is a, a young guy. We've seen him. Even in a WCW show, I believe he got pretty hurt in that Steiner's yep. match, I yep. believe it was. That is correct. Oh, that we, was him? Yeah, it was Izuka. Ah, okay. But we joined this match in progress, as we do many of these matches. Yes. But Fuyuki goes up top with a fistful of Izuka's hair, jumping off with a butt splash, taking Takayuki to the mat. A hip attack. Hiromishi with multiple back suplexes, including bridging on the last one mm. for the pin and, and the win. win. This is what we mean by it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be quick. It's gonna be quick. Yeah. So we're off to our second match: Super Strong Machine versus Shiro Koshinika in a first round matchup. And we haven't seen either one of these men since Super Show Two. Ooh. Which is all the way back in episode 65. We join this one in progress as well. As Super Strong Machine is lifted up for a powerbomb. Ooh, and that pin attempt for a two count. Because he kicks out. Yes. <laughs> He's then tossed the ropes for Kashinika to hit a running hip attack. 
followed by a top rope hip attack and a clothesline for a two count. Them, them hip attacks, yeah, she, yeah, this is the Shakira episode. Shiro, with a body slam, goes up top again for another hip attack, but Super Strong Machine catches him, delivering a bridging German for the pin and, and the win. win. And here we have a little bit of continuity in this two-minute section we watched where it started with a... A hip with, attack? No, with a, slam, with a slam into a pin and ended with a slam into a pin. Yeah. So then we get our third match. Masahiro Chono versus Ashura Hara in a first-round matchup. And Hara worked for War at this time as well. Yeah, this is our first Hara, I believe. Joined in progress as Ashura hits multiple clotheslines for multiple two counts. Goes for another, only for Masa to duck and start delivering Yakuza kicks. Ugh, those Yakuza pump kicks. They then trade clotheslines and kicks for a moment before Chono hits a clothesline and takes down Hara into the STF, but he's able to crawl to the ropes to break the hold. Hell yeah. And of course these crowds are going bananas. This is hot shit, uh, even though we're, catch- we're catching the end of it. So just think about, just, you know, pump that into your brain while we're talking about these little quickies. The two men both hit clotheslines that stagger them, only for Masa to hit an Insiguri and multiple... Yakuza kicks to finally take Asura down before going back to the SCF for the submission and, and the win. win. We then get a couple commercials. Oh, they're great. And they're completely in Japanese, so we have no clue. Okay, well, the steak sauce one. What happens in the steak sauce commercial? I, it was one of those where I was so lost in everything, just like <laughs> yeah. I couldn't take my eyes away, but it's I wasn't beautiful, remember anything. A, a beautiful because, dream. Yes. But the cheating dogs... There's like two cartoon dogs like sitting on a top of a house or whatever, and they they're very like cutesy like poodle esque like smaller dogs, and the boy dog is like checking out another smaller dog from the roof sitting he's next a to his. Tom. He's, pe- he's a peeping tom, but he's a peeping tom next to his girlfriend dog, and she hits him, and it is incredible, and I don't know what this could possibly be for, <laughs> but it was no, adorable. No but on that one the cheating dogs. I'm here for the cheating cartoon dogs. It's not cheating. He was just looking. But after the commercials, we get our fourth match. It's a full match. Yes, this one. And it actually was still on Daily Motion the last time I checked. And I urge you to watch this. Absolutely. It's Shinya Hasamoto versus Hiroshi Hase in a first round matchup. And before they even like touch each other, I wrote down, I love them. Because I already, I already love them. And now Hase, I'm just like, well, I am incredibly excited to see, to see them against each other. To see them again, they only allow me to let, allow me to enjoy my love strong, more strongly. I mean, ever since the first time we saw Hiroshi Hase, <sighs> he has been one of my favorites. Hase is what we all, in our minds, want and think Surfer Sting is. I can see that. And he's like he's the he's the he's he's a smart guy, a former professor. Yeah, he's like the perfect he's perfect babyface. Yeah. So the two men are feeling each other out before they go into a test of strength. But Hase's bridging up to keep his shoulders off the mat and begins to fight back, hitting a reverse thrust kick. Hiroshi then goes to work on Shinya's legs, 
Hashimoto works his way out and into a leg bar of his own until they roll into the ropes to break the hold. A lot of mind games going on here. Hase goes back to work on the legs with a figure four, which Shinya rolls over, putting the pressure onto Hiroshi. But again, they roll their way to the apron. Hashimoto begins laying it in with kicks. And if you've, the, never, seen, if you've never seen Shinya kicks, they are some of the stiffest ones think, ever. Yeah, think of like your favorite chops. Turn them into kicks and then like crank it up to 12. <laughs> like It's a legit like sweat mist with every kick. You can hear and feel them even with this shoddy audio. You break a sweat and, you know, some ribs and... Yeah, like... Possibly pop yeah. along in the process. If this was a, um, like, a anime, they would, like, do the quick zoom cut to the person's heart and you'd see it, like, shrink and, like, beat <laughs> slower. <laughs> you'd have, like, the zoom in on their eyes first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They go through, yeah, through the eyes yeah. into the chest. Mahase takes him down and goes back to the figure four. Shinya escapes with a shot to the knee and goes back to the stiff kicks. A spinning heel kick and then to a single leg crab by Hashimoto. But Hiroshi reverses into another leg bar. Once the hold is broken, a slap fest between the two breaks out. Shinya goes for a suplex, but Hase floats over, runs the ropes to hit a drop kick on Hashimoto's knee said it before Uh, and I'll say it again if I could have a job that would allow me just to slap somebody (laughs) I don't want to get slapped by these guys the like it's like yeah you would traditionally just come off the ropes and drop kick the guy in his chest but we're doing something here everything here has purpose and like a couple minutes into this I'm like why why didn't we just only cover Japanese wrestling (laughs) and like I am in love here Hiroshi slamming the knee on the apron, hitting elbows on it, turns Shinya over for a sharpshooter. But again, Hashimoto makes it to the ropes. Hase receives multiple kicks to the head as he continues the attack Mm. on the knee, but recovers to put the figure four back on. When the hold is broken, Hiroshi then goes to the sharpshooter, but it's broken as well. And like, Hase is working from underneath. He is legitimately just getting brutalized Mm -hmm. with like beefy... Beefy kicks, big beefy kicks, and all of his, every everything he comes back with is from like a shot that is like pulled deep within into a hold, but a but a hold he can't keep because he hasn't got enough damage on this fucking kaiju of a man. Hase then hits a urinagi, going up to the top rope, but Shinya meets him up there, only to receive a headbutt to fall back to the mat. I would have loved and hated to see them come off that top rope. <laughs> Hiroshi then comes off when he receives a kick to the gut. Hashimoto goes back to the stiff kicks. Multiple spinning heel kicks for two counts. Several insiguris for a near fall. Mm-hmm. Goes for a suplex, only for Hase to cradle him up for a two count. You gotta get those sneaky wins. Shinya starting to get frustrated, so he starts just laying it in with forearms across the back. Lifts him up with a choke slam before hitting a power bomb for a near fall. All other wrestling is ass. Hashimoto hits a leaping DDT for the pin, and no, Hiroshi kicks out. So he returns to the stiff kicks and looks to hit another running spinning heel kick. But Hase catches him, delivering a Uranagi for the pin. 
and the win. What an upset. Mm-hmm. And post-match, is that not the biggest smile you have ever seen <laughs> on, on a man. person? Yeah, Hase, like, he's legitimately surprised and happy and just, like, elated for himself, but in a, like, surprised and grateful way where he's like, I can't believe I pulled this out. And I imagine that this was a huge upset. Yeah, at the time, at, it at, definitely was. Like, yeah, I mean, ugh. I legitimately could watch these guys wrestle for hours. Hashimoto was part of the Three Musketeers, which is one of the top yeah, that's, tier. That's the top tier guys staple of New Japan and like relationship that most people have with Japanese wrestling starts with the Three Musketeers in yep. America, and I'd assume other like the UK, other big like places with. Where is their big wrestling scenes? There's like a UK wrestling scene, a United States wrestling scene, and a Japanese wrestling scene that like are... Mexico. Mexico as well, for sure, but that's a whole different psychology. Yeah. And this one's a little bit more more palatable for somebody coming from a United States, Canada, North American... American I mean, style. Mexico yeah. is part of North America, but you know what I mean. A more like contest... Absolutely, absolutely. So I just make sure. Yeah. The Three Musketeers. Shinya, Shinya Hasumoto. Keiji, Keiji Muto. And Masahiro Chono. And Hase is kind of like the up-and-comer, like, <laughs> face, right? Like, yeah, he's for the, sure. Yeah, he's basically like your eighth or ninth top guy. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's coming up in a big way, and this win means a lot. And he has... The greatest theme song of all time. We then get an interview in the back with Hiroshi. It's in Japanese. No clue what they said. Yeah, I'm sure he's very excited and he can't believe that he survived those kicks. Because I could not either. It's probably right along those lines. So then we get our fifth match. Tatsumi Fujinami versus Yoshiaki Fujiwara in a first round matchup. Now, you've probably heard the name Fujiwara before as... He was actually the first graduate of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo. Uh But he's best known for creating the the Fujiwara armbar, which we see many, many wrestlers use today. Yes. And the last time we saw Fujinami was at Super Show 2, episode 65. Yes, and uh, Fujinami has been like the top guy for a while. Yeah. But like coming outside of the... like. Anoki. He's like the, he's, he's the he's, yeah, out of Anoki was Fujiwara or Fujinami. Yeah, yeah. As the top guy, as the ace of the company and but the three musketeers have come up and so now you kind of have the top four guys. Yeah, Fujinami's like your uh Rick Flair to your Harley race, maybe? Would that be a, yeah. a decent way to put it? And then, Granted it's a grand it's a much grander scale. And then your three musketeers would be your stings to yeah. the flair. Yeah. But this match is joined in progress is all, and Fujiwari has his armbar on Tatsumi. But Fujinami makes it to the ropes to break the hold. Tatsumi trying to Irish whip Fujiwara, but is placed right back into the armbar and taken to the mat. Only for Fujinami to pull Fujiwara onto his shoulders for the pin and And the the win. win. A beautiful finish that keeps the old guy safe. Yeah, absolutely. And like the you, we come in on that arm bar, but he's got it in deep as fuck. Yes, he does. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we say he comes in on an arm bar, but this isn't like 
a you know reverse chin walk at Survivor Series. Like crowds already going crazy, arm is in deep, and we get this think, surprise finish on the guy. Think Becky Lynch disarmer because that's a Fujiwara armbar. Yeah, just like okay. a, rever- a reverse one. Think that, and that's what Fujiwara like locked in like deep. Oh yeah, one of those. And, uh, you know, this is, like, Flair laying down. Exactly. Based on what we just set up. And, of course, it's, nothing is one-to-one, but just to kind of put it in some kind of perspective. Well, now we're going to have a special extra match that we've found. So our sixth match is the Hellraisers of Road Warrior Hawk and Power Warrior versus the Jurassic Powers of Scott Flash Norton and Hercules Hernandez. And can I break kayfabe? For the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Power Warrior? Kinsuke Sasaki. Absolutely. Yep. A, a man worthy of being in the, you know, in in the echelon of the names we just listed as the new guys. Absolutely. A man worthy of being next to Hase. Definitely uh, a, uh, Muto. a step up. From the tag team partner I saw him with last, I believe. Which was Izuka? Eric Watts. Oh, shit, yes. <laughs> Man. Uh, I do love that, like, it's like, oh, okay, well, Hellraisers, we got half of... The Road Warriors. Of the Road Warriors, but, you know, Americans are going to wear red, and I guess Sasaki wears... Green. Bright green. <laughs> I don't know, They look. he looks cool. He looks yeah. cool as hell. I feel like he looks bigger than I thought he did. He's definitely put on some mass. Yeah, yeah. As he keeps old, getting older. Yeah, but he just looks... He doesn't... I mean, he doesn't look out of shape or whatever, but just, no. I mean, like, even, like, taller. Like, he just looks a little bit more imposing, but maybe makeup does that. But we haven't seen Road Warrior Hawk since SummerSlam 92, episode 74. Is that the one where... That's where... in London with the <laughs> puppet? Oh, yeah, that's the one where... Uh, was He wasn't the drunk one, right? Yes. Yes, he was. Okay. And in the, in, in walk, the, he like walks out to the apron while the pin happens, and then walks into like. In the history of uh, the the Road Warriors, he's the, Hawk is usually the drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hercules, we haven't seen since Clash Twenty, all the way back in episode seventy five. So oh, I Invader, love Clash huh? Twenty, guys. Love Clash Twenty. When he was Super Invader. Because yep. uh. I was wondering where he disappeared to after. I mean, I think that Clash was the last 20? time I remember seeing yeah. him. Yeah. He came over here to Japan. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Better over here than hanging out in Eastern Championship. Yes. Place. And yep. he doesn't have to hide that monstrosity of a head. <laughs> so this match is joined in progress as well. And we see the powers are working over Hawk. Hercules with a shoulder breaker and a back suplex. Followed by a powers double team, three point stance, and a double clothesline. Sandwich clothesline. Norton then hits a power slam for the pin and, and the win. And new! And that's, that's why we added that match. Yeah, yeah. Not a whole <laughs> lot here, but, uh, you know, Suzaki in the makeup and garb is cool. And, uh, you know, you got to remember that Scott Flash Norton, not really a thing over here but he was a huge part and a huge staple of like new japan wrestling in the 90s yeah absolutely no i i remember watching scott norton a little bit you know later on in wcw but he didn't really seem like he mattered 
much at all on the the late 90s or whenever it was exactly that he ends up over there. Uh, he was a big deal when he came over to WCW because of things that happened further in the future. Yeah. But he was never a good worker no. by any means. He's up there with our, like, Dr. Death, where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, he was really big in Japan, but we still somehow can't get it. Even though we love Japanese wrestling and we're putting these guys over, like, gangbusters, like, Scott Norton is just a big guy that can, he can show up, but he's so big that it's like, oh, his wins are also believable. So we're off to our seventh match. Tatsumi Fujinami versus Kenji Muta in a semi-final matchup in the G1 Climax. Oh my god. This match is joined in progress as well, and we see Kenji's out on the floor when Fujinami decides to fly through the ropes with a tope suicido. Pop City, man. Everybody goes nuts. I was like, this old man's fly- like <laughs> doing high-risk moves. Oh like- yeah, and Muta goes right into the steel. Yeah. Tatsumi rolls Muta back into the ring, then comes in himself off the top rope Quick. with a knee drop. Right to the head. He's calling for the finish in Fujinami with a back suplex, only for Kenji to pop up with a forearm and an inside cradle for a two count. And the crowd is obviously incredibly hot. Another back suplex by Tatsumi, a bridging German suplex for a near fall, <sighs> and locks on the dragon sleeper, wrapping his legs around the body. For the submission, and, and the win. win. So Tatsumi Fujinami moves on to the finals. Fujinami's kind of having a wonderful 93. Yeah. Now our eighth match, Masahiro Chono oh my God. versus Hiroshi Hase. Oh my God. In a semi-final matchup. And this match is joined in progress as well. As both men are down, but Chono is up first, running the ropes to hit multiple Yakuza kicks. <sighs> Those pump kicks. Until Hiroshi blocks the third one and looks to hit a Uranagi, only for Masahiro to elbow his way out and hit a DDT mm. for the pin, and no, Hase kicks out. More Yakuza kicks from Chono, but again Hiroshi blocks one, clotheslines Masahiro, and locks on an upside down STF <laughs> for the submission and, and the, the win. win. <sighs> what the. That bridging STF and the crowd's going wild and he wins and he's got that face where he's like, I can't believe I did this. He beat <laughs> Hashimoto and Chono. This is the fourth musketeer. Is that D'Artagnan? I don't know. I don't remember much yes, about Yes, D'Artagnan it. was the fourth musketeer. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I can't believe I pulled that one off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that bridging. This is more important because it's interesting. But yeah, that bridging STF. But come on. He, he came up from underneath Hashimoto, so bridge STF on Masahiro Chono, and I wish we could have seen this whole thing. Believe me, I found actually a written report of this match, so I guess there is a longer version out there somewhere. Yeah, and it's gangbusters. And reading it, I was just like, oh show my me, god. Show me, show me. Oh my god. Yeah, like, yeah. You can see it in your brain. Yeah. It was just amazing. We then get interviews in the back with Hase and Fujinami. And then we're going to add another fun special match of Jushin Thunder Liger versus Wild Pegasus for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Now, if you don't know who Wild Pegasus is, 
it's Chris Benoit, who we've seen back in WCW. Yeah, it's kind of funny that we haven't seen him. I guess we didn't see him on the last show, but the one before that. He's over here just, you know, getting better. Absolutely. Being in a place he can be appreciated. So the match gets going, and Pegasus hits a... By the way, this match is an edited version of the match, but we do get to see quite a bit. It's a little bit longer than the finishing stretch. So Pegasus hits a vicious clothesline to start us off, followed by a shoulder block and a military press slam out to the floor. Benoit then goes up to the top rope, jumping to the outside with a diving headbutt. Which never ages well. Ouch. Yeah, for sure. At this point, we do move forward in the match, and Liger has the Romero special locked on, adding a dragon sleeper to crank on the neck before releasing it to apply a camel clutch. But Pegasus lifts him up on his shoulders for an electric chair drop. Ooh, and who's that in the crowd? Could that happen to be Tiger Mask? I don't know which Tiger Mask it is. I origi- I assume it's original Tiger Mask? It's the second one. Second one? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's the first one for me I think I mean the we haven't watched any uh, OG Tiger Mask we have yet, not seen any Tiger supposedly, Mask supposedly like early original Tiger Mask versus Dynamite Kid was like mind blowing like yeah. and I think it was some early or like early 80s WWF MSG matches that I think uh, exist I don't know maybe one day we'll go I would love to do a episode that is just like pre like mass hulkamania um like msg matches because there was the msg network and there's a bunch of those shows mm-hmm. on the internet and there's some really cool stuff there benoit with a spine buster for a two count charges into a corner for a clothesline jushin reverses an irish whip charges in with a somersault kick only for pegasus to move followed by benoit lifting liar up onto the turnbuckle hitting a superplex for a near fall. And it's so quick, like missing like dodging the like flip kick. What do you, I don't what is it even called? Somersault kick. Somersault kick. I mean it's what I have written down. It's like it's a flip kick. So it's like a really big risk to do that and for a guy to be quick enough to like miss that. It's not like telegraphing the backdrop. It's like, oh you just slammed your whole body onto the mat. Let me push you up here real quick. Pegasus with a power bomb for a two count goes for another, but Jushin reverses out of it with an arm drag takedown and a hurricanrana for a near fall. The two then trade waist locks until Liger flips over Benoit into a pinning predicament for a two count. Tombstone pile driver attempt by Jushin, but is reversed into one of his own by Pegasus and goes up top for a splash, but Liger gets his knees up. Oh my god. Jushin misses a clothesline, and then comes off the ropes with a wheelbarrow victory roll, only for Benoit to just drop on top of Liger for the near fall. Shit. Pegasus with a northern light suplex, a body slam, and comes off the top rope only for Liger to catch him with a clothesline for a two count. Jushin then sets Benoit up on the ropes for the super Frankensteiner. <laughs> for the pin, and no. no, Pegasus kicks out. What won't they do? Liger then sets Benoit up on the ropes again, but this time backwards, to hit a super back suplex. Only for Pegasus to turn in the air to land on top of Jushin (laughs) for the pin 
And no, Liger kicks out. We get a bridging full Nelson suplex by Benoit as Tiger Mask looks on. Pegasus sets Jushin now on the top rope backwards, climbs up to hit a super power bomb. But Liger is able to reverse it into a back body drop for a near fall. Jushin sent to the ropes and slides under a waiting Benoit, hitting a Uranagi for the pin <laughs> and, and the, the win. win. Post-match, Liger celebrating when all of a sudden... Breathing heavy. Black Tiger hits the ring, attacking Jushin. Pegasus joins in as they double drop kick on Liger, descending to the floor. Tiger Mask then runs into the ring, even though his arm is in a sling, as Black Tiger hits a plancha out to the floor. Benoit tosses Tiger Mask out of the ring as Black Tiger rolls Jushin back in, heading up top. Pegasus hands Liger to Black Tiger, allowing him to hit a Tornado DDT. Black Tiger starts ripping at his mask. No. Tearing it off. Fuck that. But Jushin rolls over and the young lions hit the ring to cover his face. Gotta stop those heels. And clear the ring. Black Tiger. Such a hearing that throughout the entire end of the match. (laughs) Black Tiger. So, to kind of give you some backstory on Black Tiger. He's a character that's been played by many different people. And the gimmick is basically that there's an organization called the Tiger's Cave. So it's like a it's like a Yakuza gimmick with, you know, a mask on. Yeah. They seek vengeance on Tiger Mask. So they're always after Tiger Mask. Okay. Yeah. Which I don't know much about it, but like Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask are both characters that were like came out of like mon- mangas and, and anime. Okay. But they both honestly like superseded it as far as like those aren't celebrated comics in the U.S. and probably are not celebrated in Japan as much as the actual wrestlers are. I'm just picturing like a New Japan Doink Clown College or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you put that on them. And this was Black Tiger's first appearance since 1990. Oh. Three years. Was it a different Black Tiger than 1990? It was a different Black Tiger then. Because at this time, Black Tiger was portrayed by none other than Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. And Guerrero Eddie. is a hardcore WWE and Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer. And uh, his family put on one of the matches that we shit our pants about early in this show. That's right. We were like, what show was that? AWA. It might have been one of the few AWA shows we covered, but it was like, oh damn, there's a group of Guerreros here doing like head scissor takedowns. And it was, we were just like, oh damn, was not ready for this. I mean, hell, one of the Guerreros becomes the gobbledygooker. Do you have any uh, quick hits on other Black Tigers? I know that current New Japan pro wrestler Tomohiro Ishii was a Black Tiger at one point, what? and he was one of, I think, the only non-gaijin to really? ever portray Black Tiger. I did was not... usually a foreigner. I did not know he part. was a Black Tiger, and that's my favorite wrestler. Because every time I've seen him, like he's been thick his whole life. I mean, Eddie Guerrero is the only one that ever did anything back in America, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. well-known Was Rocky stuff. Romero not a Black Tiger at some point? 
I did not see his name yeah. on there. Okay. He may have been, though. I know he did a mask thing at some point, but I also have much love for Rocky. So that leads us to our 10th match. The G1 Climax Finals of Tatsumi Fujinami versus Hiroshi Hase. This match does get joined in progress as we see Fujinami working over the heavily taped knee of Hiroshi, applying a figure four, but Hase rolls it over to reverse the pressure before making the ropes. You know, continuity, baby. Tatsumi's stomping away on the knee, only for Hiroshi to come back with chops. Fujinami with a kick to the leg and right back to the figure four. After making it to the ropes, the two trade leg bars before a chop fest breaks out, knocking Hase to the mat. So Tatsumi locks on a Boston Crab. Ah, the dreaded Boston Crab. I love a single leg Boston Crab, but it's like, if you're going to do the single leg Boston Crab, it better be to the knee or leg that you've been like already working over. Back to the chops between the two, and Hiroshi with multiple Yakuza kicks before hitting a Uranagi. Hase's limping around on his leg, goes for another Uranagi, but Fujinami elbows out momentarily, only for Hiroshi to hit multiple power bombs for a two count. Hase then turns Tatsumi over for the sharpshooter, but Fujinami crawls his way to under the ropes to break the hold. Hiroshi stays on the attack, goes for another Uranagi. Looks like Tatsumi is going to elbow his way out, but Hase changes it into a dragon suplex for the pin, and no, Fujinami kicks out. Hiroshi hits the mat in frustration. Hiroshi hits his invention, the Northern Light Suplex, for a near fall, followed by a Saito Suplex for a two count. And Hase is just really selling the frustration of like, I can't, I'm giving it all I got, and I can't keep this guy down. Hase invented the Northern Light Suplex? He did. Did not know this. Hase locks on a full Nelson, only for Tatsumi to escape and hit a Uranagi. Fujinami hits another Uranagi before applying the sharpshooter, but Hiroshi makes it to the ropes. Mm. Tatsumi then pulls Hase away and locks the sharpshooter right back on, but again, cranks it. Hiroshi powers out to make the ropes. <sighs> My god, everyone's going wild. This is the finals, guys. Fujinami locks on the sharpshooter one more time. Mm. But it's too much as he gets the submission and And the win. win. Uh, And a star is born. So Tatsumi Fujinami is your 93 G1 Climax winner. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I was just really, I had a feeling Hase was going to go all the way. I mean, I wanted, we, we wanted, wanted it too. We wanted <laughs> it too, yeah. I mean, it, wait, is it Fujinami or Fujiyama? Tatsumi Fujinami. Okay. We then see some interviews with Hiroshi and Tatsumi in the back after the match, and they shake hands, and that's the end of our I know. G1 Climax. That is there. My so God. I ask you gentlemen, Yes. what are your overall thoughts of the 93 G1 Climax? I wish it was longer. I wish we could have seen all these matches. From beginning to end, all the finishes that we did see were great. As great as this finals was, not being able to see all of it, and all of these matches truly have the potential to be my favorite if I could watch them from beginning to end. But my favorite match is the one we watched from beginning to end. Hase, Shunya Hashimoto is what I essentially live for when it comes to professional wrestling. Dude working from underneath with the fucking spirit and 
a bigger, stronger guy that he has to outwit, has to find a different way to defeat because he can't go power to power with him. And he just beat down Shunya Hashimoto. Not my spirit animal, but I wish that he was. <laughs> I want to be more like him. And also those those sleazy fucking shitty sideburns of his are so great. <laughs> How about you, Shane, on your it's, third uh, or fourth partaking of the Japanese wrestling? It was yeah. awesome. Um, much like Mike said, it would have been cool to see more of these matches, but then at the same time, since they were just the... Not not that they're bad matches, but you know, since they were the the starting rounds, whatever, yeah, you know, it was a lot good of that finishes. Yeah, they they showed a lot of the the hot moments of them at least. Getting to watch Liger and Benoit was killer. I don't remember. Yeah, it was incredible. Yes. It was very what good. move it was exactly? But there was one that just looked like Liger picked up Benoit and just slammed him down to the ground. It was right towards the end. I don't remember what the hell move it was, but yeah. I remember having to rewind that and watch it again because it was just yeah. Uh, I just like like every time I look at Liger, he just looks like this little guy, and watching him do all this power shit that he does. Oh is yeah, incredible. This is one of the matches where I feel like you've got more Liger emotes more, but I think it's just because he's like blown up because he's just like breathing so heavy <laughs> that he seems a little bit more alive and less of like the like cool calm like superhero vibe. Like he feels more palpable like yeah. it's like oh like there's a fucking dude under there and it was cool getting to see the hellraisers too because i've heard the tag team name but never actually got to watch them yeah in action and then get to see them in you know two matches or a match and a half whatever you want to count it as you know with the other one on the the the, the little flash drive was it was awesome yeah the sasaki uh happy. in full gimmick was was like oh this is fun but just to see him all dressed up so yeah, these small little glimpses that we get just it really just makes me want more. And the thing is, is like we catch the end of these. Uh, we're watching like the finishing stretches of all of these, basically what we covered. And you can't, you can, you understand that we're excited about it. But the watching them, you wish you would have saw what led up to this. But you believe the crowd because they're going nuts. Yeah. So you like immediately are already like kind of there and you kind of pick up on, you know, you can see what limb they're working or, you know, you see a hold reverse and you know that it's been used or, you know, they went back to the well and it was their downfall or, you know, or they finally got it, got it in and, and won the match. But like the crowd participation really does make even these like three minute finishing stretches completely worth it as opposed to you know a show we've talked about recently where we were like oh yeah that was really good but then the finish just like farted out yeah and here yeah. it's all about the finish and they're all done to like a high level that is intelligent and makes it makes sense there's like psychology you hear that word a lot in wrestling so i was trying to stay away from it but like it makes sense in this thing that we all know is a like worked shoot but it's still two people fighting yeah my opinion literally is that if you can ever watch any of these guys 
you just you have to take the chance to, to oh, do yeah. so. Yeah, definitely. Just give, give, just put it into YouTube. Whatever you come up with is probably going to be pretty fucking good. Absolutely. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So, what are some of your best moments of the show? Every single kick <laughs> from the 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 monolith uh, kaiju that is Shinya Hashimoto. I also that's, love his that, that, his that Hase smile. Oh, uh, the Hase smile. <laughs> like, Honestly, yes. Because like I watched I watched these matches before you guys ever did, and as soon as I saw that, I was just like, oh. Well, I didn't think he, he was gonna like, win. Just like brightened my day completely. I didn't. I did not think he was gonna win. And that smile after like getting the sneak pin on Hashimoto, he just like comes up from the pin and just has this like smile that the camera captures perfectly. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned it, the Liger Benoit match. Yeah. Like, I mean, wow. that one. That one oh, still yeah. stands out. Those as... two guys just had such great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And then the whole. It makes me wish it's like, why isn't Pillman over here? Granted, he is doing great work with Steve Austin at the moment, but like, can you imagine those? Do we ever get to see him? Else? Does he ever go and participate? Pillman? I don't know. I, I, I don't know that Pillman ever does in a significant way, but he might because it seems like everybody. At the very least, has a cup of coffee in Japan. But then there's people like Scott Norton who, you know, have a couple of pots, but then they don't really mean much over here. How about disappointing? Is there anything disappointing on this show? Just that it wasn't longer. Just that we didn't have as we didn't have all we didn't have the full matches for yeah. what we watched. But I mean, if this I, is if this is disappointing, me, then like, what are you even doing here? Yeah, because I had. I had found the two semifinal matches, the final match, and that Hase Hashimoto match mm-hmm. in full on Daily Motion. And they disappeared. And then they got taken down. Yeah. And it like, So that's then that's my most disappointing thing. I, li- <laughs> I literally <laughs> them down. I literally was like cuz no. I was ready to give them to you guys and like here we go. These are the matches we're going to cover. Yeah. And it was just like I can't find them and like they're gone. Yeah. And I found out that the dude's channel got completely taken down. Damn. Um, and I guess we could have found a probably a weird torrent. I don't know how wrestling, what the wrestling torrent situation I mean, the only torrent I could, the only thing I could find was what we got. Yeah. Yeah, I guess and, you obviously got this off of some kind of torrent. And so I was glad we were still able to watch it because whenever I couldn't find them on Daily Motion, I was worried that, like, literally. Like, we're going to have to skip this. We were going to have to skip oh, it. And no, it no. made me sad. Yeah. Completely. So I'm glad that we were able to watch what we could. Yeah. Yes. But knowing that if literally we had watched this stuff like three weeks earlier, yeah, if all of we these... would have gotten like an hour and a half of yeah. four matches that would have been just awesome. Yeah, if like all of these finishes are so good and intelligent and full of heart and like we're having a hard time finding that <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. And it's like, well, like we know that it built to this, but the 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 build is incredibly important, and that's why we are all the three of us. Even though that finals was great, we're all falling towards the Hase Shunimoto match because we got to we experience got the, the whole thing. Match, yeah. And like, not to say that those other matches could not have been just as good or better, but we didn't get to experience them the same way. I mean, I can. 
like I said while we were talking about the Hase Chono match, like from what I read from this written report, if we had gotten to see that match, it probably would. I mean, I think it might have been on the short list. I mean, I the Hase Junimoto was short list for me. I mean, it's great. Just, but I really think that the Chono oh, yeah. Hase match would have would have even. You would about. like to think that the finals match would be better than that. Wasn't even a semifinals match. The Hase Shinimoto, right? No, that yeah. was the first round match. Yeah, yeah, that's like first, I thought you were talking yeah. about Chono. I'm like, that one was yeah. a semifinal. Yeah, yeah, thing. no, but the it's like that was that wasn't even a semifinal, and it was my favorite match. But it's because I got to experience the whole thing, yeah. so I You're was complete. I was completely yeah biased and completely just like into it. It's like oh, I caught the end of uh, Shawshank Redemption. That looks like a pretty good movie. Hadn't seen it before. Like okay, all right, well. Two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's like yeah, I liked it. I think I might like to watch that again. It's like well, it's just really not the same thing. Best performer of the night, it's Hase. Yeah. We're, right. No one's going to disagree with this. It, it it's Hase for sure. Working from underneath the way that he did was incredible. Yeah. Anything surprising? I mean, for me, it, it's kind of Hase as well, just because. Not expecting him to make a finals. I mean, again, it wasn't a match that we covered on here, but just the fact that there was a Hogan so tag on the team match on the video that we had, there was actually a Hogan Muda versus the Hellraisers match. Decided not to cover it just because trying to keep the show length down a little bit. Yeah, and, I watched it. Plus, all I figured all we might do is complain about Hogan anyway. So, but but he bumped. That's why I'm happy. That's yeah. The thing that surprised me. But it most. actually was a pretty good match. Yeah. So if you can find it as well, like he tagged, he, it was the up. most yeah. unHogan match I've ever seen because I figured, all right, I'm just gonna fast forward through this bullshit anyways. And uh, seeing him in there with people that I'm familiar with, but wrestling in a different style that I haven't seen him do before, where he was actually uh, comes for the payday. And, he doesn't eat the pin, but he goes in first, bumps for like four or five minutes in a legitimate competitive and it's also versus like hawk which like seeing hawk and hogan in the same ring against each other and hogan bumping for hawk Mm -hmm. is legitimately surreal in the first place but i knew he wasn't going to take the pin but just seeing that alone like kind of like momentarily thawed my ice cold hogan heart yeah, when Real American was playing after the match was over, <laughs> you froze right back. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get angry because uh, yeah. again, I was just more lost at what yeah. I had saw on TV. We've seen him like do everything he could not to take a bump at like WrestleMania, fucking two WrestleMania and three ever. Yeah, but like do everything he could to like just not even take a bump to the point where it was potentially more dangerous. And yeah. here he's actually like bumping and being competitive with somebody, who is nowhere near like and Road Warriors, Hawk, new. huge, a thing that was really special in the '80s and petered out, unfortunately, more quickly than we'd like. But like he's not ever going to be compared to Hogan. No. But Hogan's bumping for him. Yeah. Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. Oh, shizzle. So this week... Giant the... Baba. <laughs> I don't think that one's the answer you want to get. Yeah, we have we not seen a Giant Baba. We have it. not... 
No, it was a yeah. joke because we're in Japan. Like I didn't think that it had been covered. And, he, did, and he's, he started the other promotion. It was a joke. This week the category is pay per feud. We're back and it's time to play the feud. Let's have it. I will list the matches of a show. You guess the name and year of it. Oh, I've got one of these before. Yeah, you're better at this. <laughs> the points are based on when you answer, so four points for the first match, so on and so forth. Name that pay-per-view. The first match is Hulk Hogan versus Honky Tonk Man for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Shane. Let's say Saturday night's main event. Are we counting those? Mm-hmm. Just to make sure. Oh, Kevin. okay. I was. was All right. I thought we were talking pay per views. Well, it shows the that we show covered. we covered. Oh, show we covered. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Saturday night's main event. Like you don't have to guess the date. Nineteen. If it's a, if it's a, that's why. Let me do my math here. Seven. I'm going to give it to you on just the second Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I was like, what could this possibly be? Because I was just thinking pay-per-views, even though I know it's whatever we covered. But I was like, my th- first thought was like, wrestling classic, but I know that's wrong, but I know it wasn't at a WrestleMania. <laughs> like, I know it was a Saturday night's main event. I technically, the answer the answer is technically Saturday night main event 22. Oh. But I'm not going to like... Yeah, I'm yeah. Well, gonna... well, it's, it's 88 though, right? 89. Oh, 89, yeah. Because yeah. you said 80, you were like 87, and I was like... I think it's 88, and here's Matt with 88. But Saturday night made a bet. I don't even remember that. Yeah, so... You got a breakdown of what happened here? Shane gets four points for that. With, uh, for getting that one. The other matches on the show oh, were thought. Jimmy Snuka versus Greg Valentine. Oh, okay. Brutus Beefcake versus Randy Savage. Okay. And the Brain Busters versus Demolition in a two out of three falls match for the... WWF Tag Team Championships. Oh, man. It'd be great that if we could just do an episode that was every Brain Busters match while they were the Brain Busters, which is like 88 to 80, to a little bit of 89. It's like basically like a nine-month window between those two years. So Shane's starting to kind of extend his lead a little bit. He's up to eight oh, yeah. points ahead. He fucking earned it. Why was he fighting Brutus? Man, remember how great it was watching Valentine be wildly uncomfortable in that gimmick with the guitar (laughs) (laughs) poor guy yeah i want the thing is like i want to drink a beer with valentine but i know like talking to him is probably like chewing cardboard yeah but maybe not maybe he's really interesting and personable but get a couple beers in him maybe yeah but like he's he's a wrestler man he's not a he's not an entertainer (laughs) next week Clash of the Champions 24. Man, we have been straight clashing. That's right. But I like the Clash. Big, big Clash fan. I hope I like this Clash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone should be just shocked by what happens on this show. Ah. Mm. Does Pitbull perform? Pretty close. close. (laughs) Are the masters of the Powerbomb still the masters? They might be. Who knows? Music from this week's show is The Score by Emerson, Lake, and Powell, which is the theme song for New Japan. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer? And Powell. Who's Powell? The guy who took over after Palmer left. Oh, I didn't even know that there was a guy that took over. Yeah. And 
Tatsumi Fujinami's theme song at this time, Super Dragon. If you like this show or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always hit us up on our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, recipes. Recipes. Now, where do we know where Clash is uh, partaking? Yes. Clash is in Florida. Ooh. This power thing's really throwing me off. <laughs> I did it's not know. the same way every Japanese ship. I know I'm wrestling like a power brain salad surgery. <laughs> the one with the thing on it. The, 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 the tank. Don't, don't, think, don't think so much about it. You're going to hurt yourself. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Oh, that. Gotcha. You want to if you want to call Mike, Michael down, you know, send us an email. First find band us I on, ever saw live. Or find Who's us on, Owl? Or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Later.